Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Pass. I am uh, Randy Mill. Look who's back. Tom is back with us. Yay! Uh, back from uh, Batesville, Mississippi, and uh, the, the um, National Go-Kart Championship, Indoor Championship. We'll talk about that in a little bit, because I'm interested to, to know how it all went. Uh, I'm surprised you're back so soon. Because from what I understand, you, you probably could have still been racing at this point. <laughs> yeah, thank God, thank God for time limits on features. Exactly. Uh, so uh, we're glad to have uh, Tom back in the studio. I, I do want to say thanks to, uh, to Peter Strada for, uh, for filling in the last couple of weeks for Tom. Um, last week we were supposed to have uh, Nick on, but uh, Tom, Nick is very strong, and it took a lot of willpower to force him off of his iRacing wheel long enough to call in to a, a radio show. Well, see, now that see, Nick keeps winning things. I know. And I, my understanding is that he just missed out on being Lewis Hamilton's replacement. Uh, in, yeah. in F1 yeah. for this this stretch. George Russell uh, got the nod uh, because he was there, um, and Nick's asking price was too high, and I heard the price wow. of an autograph of Nick's has doubled now. So, yeah, it's, it's going up in price. Yeah, sure. so no doubt he's going to be asking for a bigger check from you for yeah, being on well, the show. I'll pay him double from now yeah. on. Uh, we, we welcome Nick DeGroot <laughs> on the uh, StartMasters.com hotline, motorsport.com, and uh, now iRacing uh, aficionado. Uh, buddy, uh, how is your Thanksgiving, first of all? Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, my my Thanksgiving was great. It, it's it's a different year, you know, to have Thanksgiving, but it all worked out well, and it still still felt like the holiday in the end. And that was kind of what I was most worried about this year: the, the holidays when you know, like, lose their feeling. But no, it still felt like Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Yeah, it certainly it gets us closer to the end of this disastrous year. That's that's what I'm most looking forward to. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Another another day closer to ending this this horrible year we've had. Um, so we'll talk uh, to Nick about his iRacing career here in a little bit. Uh, we only have an hour-long show, so I've got to save at least a little bit of time <laughs> yeah, for that. We've got to limit that. No, we do have to limit that. But uh, our, our top story, of course, uh, those of you who uh, follow uh, racing on a, on a more consistent basis, which I hope you do because you're watching our show right now, the Snowball Derby, the 53rd Annual Snowball Derby over the weekend, this has become a very prestigious race for the late model world. A lot of great talent has come through and won this race, Kyle Busch and Eric Jones and you, know, you name it, and, and those guys have been in and, and have won. And Ty Majeski won on uh, Sunday or yesterday um, for the 53rd edition of the race. This is like his fourth or fifth time uh, being entered in the race, which so shows you how prestigious this race is to win yes. uh, because it took uh, a guy with his talent that long to win. Uh, but some great guys in the field, uh, Derek Thorne and uh, Chase Elliott were both in the field. They finished with second and third. Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch was seventh. Chandler Smith was fourth. Grant Infinger, 8th, Derek Krause, 15th, uh, and that's just some of the guys that were in that field. It was a pretty star-studded field, Tom, top to bottom. But uh, as we've seen in years past, winning the uh, Snowball Derby could usually lead to pretty good things in your uh, racing career. Well, it does, oftentimes. And, uh, of course, Ty's been Ty, – look, it, let's be honest. Uh, Ty is one of the best, most talented race car drivers who is not in NASCAR's big three in the country. Period. End of discussion. And him winning the snowball, if this does not, you know, send ring a bell in somebody's head that this this boy needs uh. to be in a top car, um, I don't know what will. Uh, but you're right. It's a very competitive field. It was this year. He had 
you know, Chase and, and, and a bunch of the others had to run the last chance race mm-hmm. because they missed in qualifying. Um, one of the, the drivers you didn't mention was the driver who finished fifth, and it's because he's not commonly name-checked with the elites. But I'm just going to tell you, Caden uh, Honeycutt was driving for Donnie Wilson this year, and he's at a third, a second, and a fifth in three appearances at Five Flags in that car. Caden is a two-surface racer that, that can easily win on dirt or pavement, um, and that young man out of Texas is going places in this sport. He's going to be on uh, League Lap Radio um, as we record this live on on Monday. He's going to be um, on League Lap Radio tonight at uh, 7 with us um, and so on the Performance Motorsports Network, but um, there, there just is a ton of talent. And I think, you know, this is a big win for Ty and it's a statement coming off his performance in the South Carolina 400, a couple of weeks ago at Florence motor speedway, um, where he also won that race. And, you know, I think he's proven he can win in a stock. He can win in a super late model. Um, I mean, somebody needs to just put him in a good ride in the top three, Nick. I, I truly don't understand why he hasn't caught on yet. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Uh name that's not talked about nearly enough. And just going back to Tommy Jeske, a thought I had on him, he, he's been kind of on his back foot recently with what's happened with his NASCAR career and his truck ride. Yeah. This was, if there was any time for him to win the snowball derby, this was the time to remind everybody, Agreed. hey, I'm here, I can wheel it, somebody put me in a car. And he, he beat two cup champions in that race, among many other great talents and he he's not the top rated i racer in the world for no reason so i hope this leads to more opportunities for him similar to how eric jones got opportunities when he won this race many years ago i thought you were the top rated i racer in the country <laughs> no no no, no. Okay. a long way to go for that oh, okay just making sure this top rated indie car oh, okay yeah. all right i mean you've beaten kyle bush so i mean he's you, a top you rated do. i racer named nick the group you you do have you and ty do have something in common you both beat kyle bush so Yes. Yeah, you, you yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, but going back to the pre- prestigiousness of this race, I mean, you, we've seen uh, Eric Jones has, has won it twice, um, and both of the times that he won it, he was on the inside pass right after that. Um, so I, I tried to get time to Jeske, but again, his going price is very high right now. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> but if you go back to his time at Roush, I mean, obviously, you know, the time he spent in the 60 car in the Xfinity Series, um, he was competitive, running up front, you know, being close to winning races, but then sponsorship just, you know, became a thing that, you know, ultimately shut the team down and him being out of a ride at Roush. He goes over to Nice and was in pretty good equipment. I mean, doing, you know, as best as you can do with that car, but again, or with that truck, rather. But with sponsorship, again, you know, playing a role in not having a full-time ride and not being able to fund that, that truck on a full-time basis, somebody else came along with full full ride. And so, you know, Ty, again, was out of a ride. So it's unfortunate that, you know, those things have happened to him over his career. But sometimes you have to have bad things happen in order for you to, you know, have that determination to go out and prove that you, you really are a competitive driver and all it takes is, you know, a, a good top-quality ride, you know, time, as you were saying, to get back on top of things and, and really prove that you belong, you know, in in a good elite ride in the top three uh, series of NASCAR. He's won in everything he's he's been in. He's won late model races left and right. All the most prestigious races in the late model division, he's won. You know, win He's won all those races. So I think the Snowball Derby was one of the only races remaining he hadn't won yet. Now he has that um, on his belt. So you know, this is the time, as Nick said, for you to go out and prove that, you know, the, the two rides that you lost were only because of sponsorship, not because of talent. 
and now he has a you know an opportunity to go out there and and you know even if it's an ARCA ride, you know he he ran some ARCA races last year and, and was pretty competitive in those races too. So all it takes is one opportunity to to go out and prove that you can you know have a good quality ride and do something with it, and you know you start at the bottom and work your way up again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I feel like Ty definitely has. Uh, he, he now his stock is. I mean, it it's way up right now. So this would be the time if there's a company out there that's looking for a young driver to 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 work with or looking for a great opportunity to get into motorsports. Um, that's the guy you want. He just won two huge short track races. Um, this one he beat a bunch of of you know NASCAR racers. Um, so now's the time to put him somewhere. Which proves, obviously, it's not an easy race to win if you can go out and you know beat exactly. Chase Elliott, the defending NASCAR champion, um, Kyle Busch, a two, you know, a former two-time champion. So I mean, you know, obviously the prestigiousness of the field, the people in the field, um, obviously works wonders. So I I had on my Christmas list, um, you know, some of the things that I wanted Santa to give me this year. One of the things that I wanted Santa to give me was AJ Allmendinger a full-time Xfinity Cup ride because I felt like he deserved it. Everybody looked at me like you're crazy. AJ's not going to run full time in, in Xfinity Series. I got my wish, Tom. You he gets did. a full time ride with Kyle next year. You got your wish. I'm and, a happy. And boy. I think all of us are happy about that because what this sets up, Nick, is this sets up a three car colleague racing assault on the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. Um, and you've got Jeb Burton, Justin Haley, and AJ Allmendinger. These are three drivers that are very aggressive. They're a whole lot of fun to kind of pay attention to because the personalities are there and the chemistry is there. Um, This really, to me, now positions colleague racing, if they even weren't this year, I think for next year, colleague racing becomes, in my opinion, the favorite team to win the owner's championship and surely uh, one of the teams you're going to have to go through to win the driver's title. Uh, absolutely. I, I think they were part of the conversation in 2020, but they are going to be the conversation in 2021. I think so, too. I, I think we, we saw what Justin Haley was able to do this year. He won multiple races and got into the championship for it. He showed that you shouldn't underestimate him. You have A.J. Allmendinger, who's an absolute wheel man, and we have this influx of road courses, which plays right into yeah, exactly. his skill set. And then you have Judd Burton, who, who is a solid driver that I'm so happy is finally getting a full-time ride in a solid car. He, he's got something to prove, and I, I think he will. And I expect all three of those cars to be in victory lane. And should everything go right, I know the playoffs are unpredictable, but they could potentially make up uh, three-fourths of the championship four with uh, the caliber of drivers and cars they're going to have next year. You know, think about this. If, if A.J. Allmendinger would have been eligible for, for points this year, if he had declared himself as, you know, points eligible, he, he already ran a race, or won a race earlier in the year, which would have put him in the playoffs. Right. Then he goes out and wins mm-hmm. the Roval, which would have put him in the championship four had he actually been points eligible. So he would have been one of the four drivers competing for the championship this year. Yep. Had, uh, he, well, had he been points eligible. And, you know, again, we, we look at, I mean, I know that Austin Sindrick's coming back. So I understand that Austin is now the favorite because he's the defending. Right. right? So obviously the, the road to the championship goes straight through Austin Sindrick. I know that Gibbs, in, in my opinion at least, has, has improved itself. I know Noah Gregson's going to be really tough. Um, you know, Justin Allgaier's always there. But this team at College Racing has been gaining momentum now for 
three years mm-hmm. basically, and I think they're ready to explode. And uh, so it's it's going to be a very very intriguing series in the the Xfinity series next year. And when you look at you know the the potential for a Cup Series charter in twenty twenty two, you know all three of those guys are going to be yeah. competing for you know I want to be the guy that's going to run your Cup car for you, um, which I, I you know I, I'm pretty sure it's Haley's ride to lose you know, uh, but. I mean, you know, the other three, the other two guys have proven that they can be top quality drivers. So I think all three of them are going to compete amongst themselves to see who, you know, Matt Colligan and Chris Rice are going to choose to be the the Colleg Cup driver going into 2022. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side. We'll talk more about uh, AJ Allmendinger, Xfinity. We've got some Trunk Series news for you. And we're going to break down some rookie stuff from 2020 and 2021. There's an interesting stat about the 2021 rookie class in the Cup Series. We'll be back with more at the Inside Pass right after this. That could not have even come at a better time. Welcome back to the Inside <laughs> Pass. We did not plan that whatsoever. That was just a, a chance thing. To Chris Rice brings us back from a commercial break. Colleague Racing General Manager talked about AJ Allmendinger getting a full full ride in the Xfinity Series for 2021. So excited about AJ Allmendinger's chances of of you know doing great things with Colleague Racing. I know Chris is excited as well. Um, and, and Chris has promised he'll come back on the show here um, at the beginning of the He's year. He's promised so. he'll come into the show. He did. We he did say get that. Him into the show. So interesting. Interesting fact. I, I did some research a couple of weeks ago, and, and I realized because you know Silman just celebrated his 300th show over at Madness, and you know as exciting as that is, and how cool that is. We aren't far behind. We're we're going to be at 200 on March thir- March 1st, March 2nd. Some, whenever that that first show is in March, we'll be at our 200th show. So I have already um, I already texted Chris and said, "Look, you know, you've been on 30 something episodes of this show over the last couple of years." I said, "You need to be on the the uh, 200th show." And he said, "Okay, you you tell me when." So I'm gonna, I'm trying to get him to come to the studio that night, yes, uh, or day, whatever, um, to to do the show. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I've also reached out to Benedetto because he's been on some of the shows as well and haven't heard back from him, but he's busy right now. He's yeah. he's lifting weights and working out, so I've got to <laughs> let him have his space. Um, but the, the of of the group of people, our guest, Nick DeGroon, has been on all but like three shows, I think. <laughs> I mean, no, he started being. I mean, he started being on the. He he started being on our show. Probably, I think a year into the end of the show or something like that. Um, and I think I don't even remember. I have to go back and look and see the first show that, that Nick was on. But I, I don't think you were a part of motorsports.com for that far into uh, being, you know, getting that job before you actually started being on our show. And you know, he was on, you know, periodically during the during the course of the time we were in Texas. Then we got here. He was on more frequently. And now he's on like once a month or so, yeah. um, helping us with, with stuff. But. Um, Nick, you know, I told you a million times how much I appreciate, uh, you know, everything you did. You were probably the first journalist outside of, you know, Tom and uh, Jacob and people, yeah. you know, that, that work for Race Chaser that, that have agreed to come on and, and take part in something that you had no idea what it was. And, you know, now that we've kind of established ourselves over the last couple of years, you, you are always willing to come on except for when you have iRacing practice and you have to miss a show. But. <laughs> That's understandable. Um, <laughs> you end up winning, so I mean, it, it was all for good. But um, but in all seriousness, no, I, I I pick on you when you know we, we laugh at your expense. But I, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done to help this show grow, 
And uh, we are we are super happy and, and super excited to have you as part of our kind of like part-time co-host, you know, sometimes fill in, always wanting to be a guest uh, on our show. It, it, it It's much appreciated in all seriousness. Well, uh, thank you, guys. I do love coming on this thing. It's, it's always fun to talk to you about racing. And uh, the thing I like about this show is just how laid back it is. It, it feels less like a radio show, more like we're all just sitting around and just talking racing, which well, I love. I love that kind of format. That is what I've always strived for with Race Chaser is, is you know, we're sitting on the back porch with a beverage and, and a bunch of rocking yeah. chairs, just talking racing and having a good time. And that's really, you know, I, I'm thankful that you kind of caught on to that. And I know that's been Randy's deal all along, too, which is why, you know, Randy, this show fit right into the Race Chaser and uh, we've got big plans for all the Race Chaser shows next year. We're just in the process of putting them together now. Yeah, it's funny that Nick should mention, you know, that, that that's how that's the vibe he gets from the show. Because a funny story when when we when I was in college and this this whole concept of the show started and what's called the fishbowl, which Tom knows all about because we we talked about this story on the way yeah. home from the show one night. Um, but the the school that I went to, it's, it's similar to what Melik did with. Uh, uh, Carolina School of Broadcasting, but it's American Broadcasting School, which is based was based out of Oklahoma City. Um, now they only have one campus, which is in Dallas, but um, or Arlington. Um, but the the fishbowl concept started from that, and then now there's a fishbowl radio network, which stemmed from that school, which is also based in Arlington, which ironically enough is across the street from the school. Um, but the the whole concept of you know going into the into the professor's uh, office and sitting down and you basically have to pitch a show to 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 the uh, the teacher or whatever and and tell him what you want your your show to be and I said I have an idea for a, a sports show I want it to be all about sports and you know we just want to sit around and talk sports and, and he was like okay well there's ninety thousand shows you know on the air that are sports related how is yours going to be different I said. Because we're not talking about stats. We're not talking about, you know, we're not breaking down anything. I said, this is a group of kids or a group of guys just sitting around just talking about sports in a casual way. So he's like, well, you know, what's the concept? And I said, well, basically it's just, you know, it's sports talk for a casual fan. That's exactly how I put it. And he's like, I like it. Let's do it. And that's cool. where the Inside Pass started. So, you know, we, we came up with the name of the show and started doing it in the fishbowl. And, and, and to this day, it's the highest rated show that the that the station has had on that fishbowl wow, show. really? Um, and this was back in 2001. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's carried its weight 21 years later, you know, into now being a race chaser show and, you know, happy to have it part of the race chaser family. But that's exactly how I've modeled this show the entire time is just two guys, yeah. three guys, four guys, how many people you got. Sitting around talking about racing uh, in in this respect because you know we we kind of took all the other sports out and started talking about motorsports, but it's basically just a bunch of guys sitting around talking about racing, and then you know in a casual way so we don't break down the you know the wedge adjustments and you know people don't some most people don't have any idea what you're talking about, but if you're just talking about general <laughs> right. knowledge about racing, you know that's that's exactly what the show was about. So it's, it's great that you should say that Nick because that's exactly what I was going for. So. Thank you for that. All right, back to uh, back to some news now. Uh, Brett Moffat announced that uh, he's going to run for the uh, he's going to run full time in the Hour Motorsports Xfinity car, but he's going to run full time in the Nice truck for points. So he's going to run he's going to double dip all year long for both series, but he's going to get points in the truck because you have to be points eligible for one of the two series. So he's going to run uh, points for the in the truck series. So yeah, um, he's he's this he's next year's Ross Chastain. Yes. Except that he's going to do, you know, from the start of the season, he's declaring. Um, this is interesting to me, Nick, because honestly, I understood Ross Chastain wanting to 
to sort of switch a midstream because he was on a hot streak with Nice and um, had a chance to win a championship, was not going to do that with JD Motorsports. So I kind of get the strategy there. I'm a little puzzled here with Brett Moffitt because um, our motorsports is growing and I see the Xfinity series as a higher step, obviously, than the truck series. And yet he's wanting to run both and he's declaring um, for a truck series championship. To me, this sort of feels like he's saying he, he's sort of uh, not as confident in what our motorsports uh, can do next year as maybe he ought to be. Nick, what, what is your thought on this? It, yeah, um, I was surprised by this news as well. And I think that it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but Brett Moffat is falling into this dangerous territory of people are just looking at him, oh, he's that truck regular. Yes. Instead of a guy that's trying to move up the ranks. And to have taken that step to Xfinity and be like, I'm running Xfinity, I'm running for Xfinity points, would have signaled to a lot of people, okay, he's still trying to move his way back to the Cup Series. Yeah. He's not content with being the next Matt Crafton, but this this tells me otherwise. So he's he's running for the truck title with Nice, which is, of course, his prerogative. But, yeah, I, I, I'm very surprised. I thought he was going to be with our motorsports, go full-time. And, it's no, they weren't going to win the championship, but they could have been like a Brandon Brown. They could have been a Ryan Sieg, which were drivers and teams that got a lot of attention this year because they were kind of the underdogs in the championship for the secondary division of NASCAR's National Series. So I think that would have been better move for him than to drive for Nice full-time in trucks where, he, yes, he might win a championship, but it's like, it's expected that he's going to be up there. Meanwhile, with our motorsports, they would get a lot more. They're going to get a lot more attention if they start poking their nose up there with the likes of the top teams in that series. I see. To me, um, I mean, I'm watching our motorsports move into a much bigger space. Um, mm-hmm. you know, on the on they're on making the, advancements. Yeah, they're making advancements. They're uh, they're spending a lot of money to to make that team. Um, what it needs to be to maybe be the next colleague is kind of what I'm looking at here. And then, as you say, you're seeing the driver of that team say, well, I'm excited about that, but um, I'm still going to go back down to the trucks and run for Nice Motorsports, which has never won a truck series championship, I might add. Um, And I'm going to declare for truck points. Uh, And so, again, I'm not trying to... um, you know, insult uh, Brett or in any way, you know, disparage what he's doing. I, I just, as a strategy, I find it to be interesting that you, that if you're Brett Moffat, you, you wouldn't want to focus your full-time only effort on that team in the Xfinity series and help it to get to the next level. So hopefully it helps you get back to the next level where I think most of us think he belongs, Randy. It's just, again, it's a, it, I saw what Ross Chastain was doing and I could justify it. This one's kind of a head scratcher for me. Yeah. I think the key word in this is growth. I mean, you know, I'm sure our motorsports probably went to Brent and said, Hey, you know, we want you to run this car full time. Yeah. We're growing. Um, you know, are you interested in it? And I'm sure at the time he was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, let, let's go for it. Let's build and grow together. And then these probably came, you know, on these probably called him up and said, hey, you know, 45 truck is open. You know, if, if you want to come drive, yeah. you know, I, I'd love to have you on. And I'm, I'm sure Brett Moffitt probably thought, you know, the, the Nice truck is already established. You know, I have this is going to be my best chance to win another uh, win a truck championship and be competitive right off the bat. Hours going to take a little while of time to grow. And, you know, I'm not going to be as competitive right off the bat. So let me let me continue to do what I know I can do, which is win races and be competitive. 
in a truck that's already established while our motorsports gets their act together. And then, you know, maybe in 2022, we'll, there'll be enough of, you know, time lapse or whatever that they can go, okay, now our motorsports is established. I can go run full-time in Xfinity Series and know that I'm going to be in competitive equipment. That, that's what I'm thinking, um, that, that he just decided, you know what, just until our motorsports gets everything settled down and, and gets their, their growth underway, I'm going to run a truck because I know I can win on a truck and I know that Nice is a, is, is a good quality ride so that I'm not getting lost in the limelight, not being competitive in the Xfinity Series, running in 15th and 20th place as opposed to winning races. But they weren't, though. They had top fives, top tens. I mean, our motorsports was... That's true. They were in the hunt. Um, you know, they, they kind of had enough ups and downs that it kept them out of the playoffs. But um, I I mean, I, it's it's just interesting. And and, and if, if you're even close to right, I think what Nick's saying is, you know, you kind of look at it and go, well, here's what you didn't mention now, just now, Randy. You said nothing about how does this get me to cup. So it's sure. almost as if, as Nick said, he's kind of resigned himself to the fact that, you know, maybe, you know, obviously if someone makes a phone call, right, but unless that happens, he maybe, you know, he's he's a little older. Maybe he just feels like this is the way he's got to do it to make the best living he can. And so, again, not saying there's anything wrong with it, just, you know, it was just an interesting uh, situation, especially since Nice, while Ross made them a winning team, they aren't established as that. Right. I I, I really want to see them get there, and I think certainly Brett can help them. Um, and they've got a nice three-car team, three-truck mm-hmm. team for next year with Carson Hosevar and, and, Ryan um, and Ryan Truex. But, um, yeah, like I said, just uh, that was an interesting strategy and an interesting piece of news when it came out for me. Well, that is, that is interesting. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill McAnally also uh, announced that they're, they're kind of doing what's called a BMR Academy. It's 40 races at 18 two-day shows in California um, since the team is based on the West Coast. The drivers that win, like if you, if you sign up for this, and you, you can, me and Tom can sign up for it if we wanted to. I don't have that kind of money or time, but I could if I wanted to. <laughs> Nick, you probably could because, you know, iRacing sometimes translates. Um, but it's like three thousand. It's like, it's a lot of money to do it. But if you do it and you, and you buy yourself in there and you run these forty races or whatever, if you win during those forty races, you get put into some sort of a drawing, which will, if your name is drawn, then you get to run the Bill McAnally truck at Phoenix for the championship weekend in November. Yes, if you have two hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars. In your bank account that you you just have no other use for, and you and you and you want to go racing. Uh, apparently, here's how you can do it. I I um I don't know, Nick. I I uh, I again. I, we've seen so many of these things um and come and go in the past, and um you, you start running numbers there, and you start looking at you know, how Bill's going to do this and he's going to field all that. This is another component. It's all BMR stuff. Like right. he's fielding all 14 or 16 of these cars or whatever. Um, so the staff, he's going to have to add all of that. Um, well, for 200 and something thousand dollars a car, I mean, you can pretty much pay. <laughs> if if you, you book work. all the cars for four, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I don't know. Nick. Right? <laughs> what was your thought when you saw this? Uh, I, I like what someone said on Twitter. They're like, I, I could run the whole USAC schedule for that amount of money. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, it's, it's an interesting concept, but as for execution, I'm, I'm not too sure as a driver if that's the route I would go to try to get my chance. 
Yeah, especially when, I mean, I, I love how, again, this feels gong show-ish. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, if you, if you win one of the 40 races, okay, then you might get, if, if you're lucky and they pull your name out of the hat with the other 30 or 39 or however many there are that win, you know, you might get the opportunity to truck. It's not even, they're doing it just by random chance. <laughs> Um, it appears anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how does NASCAR, what, what's interesting to me is that NASCAR is going to, I mean, I understand they're going to run the road courses and run them, you know, a couple of, you know, bigger tracks or whatever, but th- this feels to me like it, it, it just doesn't feel right to me. This feel, NASCAR just saying blanket. Yeah. We'll let that truck run. I would assume they're going to have to approve whoever the driver is. And so then even if, you know. Some random old kid from the bull ring yeah, that ha- happens I mean, to win a race on a rain out, you know, whatever, and then ends up getting the truck right. But it, it's it's almost reminiscent of, of the Give Back Classic that uh, KKM does at Millbridge, you know, where it's like, well, we'll give you a ride for the Chili Bowl if you win. It's like, okay. But then you look at the entry list and it's like Kyle Larson. Christopher Bell, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to win this race, but I'll, I'm sure I'll give it a shot. Yeah. It's like, if you win, great, but, you know, this is what you got to do to win. So, Well, at least, though, if they win, they know what the prize well, exactly. is. Exactly, yeah. See, exactly. And, and that's the key. Is It's not is, a chance to win the prize. It's the right. actual prize. Yeah, I, I don't true. know. This just, this just feels uh, – I don't know if Bill really knows what he's getting himself into, Nick. I feel like uh, – you know, and Bill's a very smart guy, uh, which is why this just sort of blew my mind. Um, I, I I think Bill's lost his mind, honestly, and I think he may regret doing this. If he was looking for some uh, PR, some publicity, he's, he's got that. So Yeah, no question. We, yeah. Have a, we have a wheel in the studio with eight numbers on it. We'll just pick eight drivers and put them on the wheel and spin it, and whoever wins gets <laughs> the ride. Go. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more of the Inside Pass right after this. Stick around. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Thank you so much for uh, watching and or listening to us. If you're uh, streaming us, going down the radio, going down the radio, going down the road, (laughs) listening to the radio. If you're going down the radio, I mean, there are some shady people in this world, but hmm, don't do that. That's not safe. Um, If you missed any of our show, you can catch it on demand. Just go to your favorite podcast and websites all over the place, even Amazon Music. We are now on there as well. Just search Race Chaser Radio. And you will find them all right there. Um, lots of good quality shows. Uh, Peter Strada was on the last two weeks uh, from uh, TSJ 101. Um, and he's going to be here a lot more in 2021. And yes. uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, probably next week. No next idea. week, sadly, is going to be our <laughs> last show of 2020 because uh, we're going on holiday break. But we're going out with a bang time because I got Matt Tift. And Tift is going to be here to talk about uh, – Live, mo- was it live, mo- live motorsports? Is that what it's called? That's uh, it's a big deal. Live, live fast live, motorsports. It's, yeah, yeah live fast. Live fast it's it's uh, that's a big deal for Matt Tift, and yeah. and I'm excited to talk to him about that, and uh, and just to see how he's doing health wise too. I mean, that's yeah. uh, you know, I I think Nick that uh, Matt Tift is one of those drivers that at least for now we we unfortunately have not seen what he's truly capable of um because about the time he kind of got to cup and started to to uh get comfortable um you know his health failed him again and and so uh um but he's a terrific 
young man, and and uh, I think this is a really interesting opportunity for him and B.J. McLeod to make an impact uh, at a time when the Cup Series is converting to the new style car and making the business model possible for a team like this to actually be successful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a shame we never got to see Matt Tiff at his full potential, as you said, but seeing him as part of this team, I, I think is going to be very interesting and kind of a team everybody's sleeping on. I, I think everybody's looking at these other teams that are coming to the sport and paying attention to them a lot more than a uh, Tiff situation, but I I truly believe that that is going to be a team to watch uh, in the coming years. I think they are they are committed. I think they are going to build up this team and probably surprise a few people if they um, if everything goes to plan, of course. But yeah, Max Kift is not just a good driver; he's a very smart individual, and I think having him as part of this team is going to raise it to uh, the next level. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good things happening in 2021. Not only with new teams coming into the sport, but rookie class, which now only has one person for right now. Um, but the, the schedule changes and everything that NASCAR has done, which we'll talk more about as we get into 2021. But there's a lot of good stuff coming up um, on, on all sides of the, of the NASCAR motorsports landscape as we head into uh, 2021. I, I want to take some time and, and talk to Nick about the iRacing thing. Uh, we pick on Nick all the time about uh, his iRacing career. Sometimes I tend to forget he's a journalist because it's all about <laughs> iRacing all the time, and I tend to forget he's still works for motorsport.com. Uh, but, Nick, um, in all seriousness, no, you have, you've, you've done something that um, is, is kind of inspiring to, to a, lot of, a lot of people who follow you from your journalism days. But, I mean, the, the fact that you, you know, kind of decided I'm going to do this iRacing thing and have turned it into, you know, almost more, almost as much of a career as it is for a hobby for you because you've gone out and really done some amazing things and, and won some very prestigious races um, running the, the Monday Night Madness uh, stuff, with, you know, with Seth and Noah and, you know, everybody else that's part of our race chaser family. But, um, again, we pick on you all the time, but you, you actually do have a very good career going uh, in that. And, and I've noticed you've won some, some very prestigious races um, in the last few weeks or so. So tell us a little bit about uh, the Monday Night Madness uh, you know, league and, and what's going on over there with iRacing and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, see, the thing with me, when I first joined iRacing, it was just about having fun, and, and still it's to an extent, but it was just about having fun, doing the races I wanted to do. And that's how I was for like almost five years, just went and did everything. I did IndyCar, NASCAR, road courses, rallycross, anything you can think of, I was trying. And after five years of doing that, I, I started to realize, okay, I'm, I'm kind of quick in some of these. <laughs> and this year when the pandemic hit and I had no work, I had nothing to do, just sitting around, I'm like, maybe I'll join a league for the first time. So I joined the Elite Racing League, which is an incredible league. And that just kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. And I'm looking around for other leagues. I ended up with the Monday Night Racing League, which is a great group of guys and some cool big names in it as well. Some other leagues as well, Dark Horse Racing League, Velocity. I could go on and on that I've joined. But the, these leagues, I've noticed, I'm like, I've been missing out because they have competition at the fixed races for the most part. Don't just the fixed races. The official races are much more randomized. And it's just about who joins, I-rating, and they can be messy sometimes. But these league races are much more organized, much more officiated, and it really helps you raise yourself to the next level and i started to realize okay this is i can i can do some stuff here i can win actual prizes and earlier this year when i won the big green egg i went and looked at i'm like i joined iRacing for fun and here there's this grill sitting in front of me and it made me think what else can i get (laughs) so greedy but I'm, 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 i'm like all right how far can we take this and we just we kept going and this league keeps growing and uh 
yeah, I'm always on the lookout for what's for what's next, what else is out there, and I'm I'm no Nick Ottinger, I'm no Ty Majeski, I'm no William Brown. I'll tell you that right now. And there's plenty of IndyCar drivers that get my uh, butt too on this server, but I'm someone that's committed a lot of time to it. Someone that used to be driving with a broken plastic pedal that I duct taped with a piece of <laughs> cardboard, and now I have these three screens and this uh, actual rig. So yeah, it, it took a lot of commitment, a lot of time, and anybody else that wants to do that, that that's all I have to say. So Mid time. So, practice laps and you can get to the same level so nick realized that he was a good i racer because he was doing lap times on i racing and realized hey i'm pretty quick at this i'm going to do i racing i can point at the moment that doesn't make me an astronaut so <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's what here's what you missed though in that in that uh that that I, very nice. Uh, I realize Nick is Nick greedy because he 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 won a grill and now he wants more. Well, so I Nick, know, I've learned that too. The, the key, yeah, he's wondering how many other appliances can I win if I uh, if I keep going. When do I get the um, new house? Yeah, when when you know when the, you know refrigerator, stove, uh, yeah, exactly. coffee maker. Um, but 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 what you missed was the part where Nick said, "I used to be a backmarker team, and then I went out and spent." Hendrick money and got all the good stuff. That's how would it be? Right, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. He's now an elitist. All of the racers, all of the racers out there, but that doesn't mean anything because you know, during when NASCAR did their eye racing thing during during the pandemic shutdown, you know, they always showed Timmy Hill's setup, and he had basically the one that yeah. was clamped to your desk. Yeah. So I mean, rigs desk. don't matter. I mean, Denny Hamlin has a full size car in his in his living room. Yeah. Um, that's that's a that's an eye racing rig. It doesn't really matter how your setup is. It just matters how you can how you learn from it and, and deal with it. But that that's awesome, uh, Nick, that you were able to to do that. And you know, on the flip side, I mean, obviously you're still a journalist from Motorsport.com. You write amazing articles, and, and that's one of the things that, that I admire about you is your ability to, yep. to kind of turn on and off the eye racing switch. You know, when you need to, and, and put put pen to paper and write good articles, and and you always do a great job. And we always go to motorsport.com for, for news and analysis, and, and I read your articles every time you, you write articles. And so you're, you're an amazing journalist as much as you're an amazing iRacer, and, and that's why you've, you've come to, to be a, a huge factor in, in our show. So um, thank you for the articles, and, and congratulations on all your success with iRacing, too. Absolutely. Thank, thank you, guys. You, uh, you guys give me much more accolades than I, than I deserve. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say that right now. You, you really build me up here. Well, and I swear I'm not paying them. <laughs> what's refreshing about this is that, you know, we used to have Dr. Jack Miller, who would mm-hmm. run IndyCar, right? He was the flying dentist. And now we have the mm-hmm. flying journalist yeah. with, with Nick DeGroote. <laughs> and, and oh, by the way, as long as I brought up Dr. Jack Miller's name, his son is running, Jack William Miller is is running the road to Indy right now. Oh, nice. That young man at, I think he's 17, is one of the funniest, most entertaining social media um, personalities Go follow, find Jack Miller on Instagram and follow him because uh, honestly, he and he he can drive. He's going to be, uh, I think, everything that his dad wished he could be, but of course, never had the resources. Um, Jack's going to kind of end up in a situation, I think, young Jack, where he gets all the benefits. Uh, but just a fun kid to follow and and uh, working really hard. He's a he's a triathlete, runs triathlons, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and, and does, so, you know, it's just fun to, it's fun to see the generational thing, especially from somebody like Dr. Jack, who was not one of the elite drivers. This is a fun story that he's got a kid that, that, that actually had enough interest in it. And he's trying to, to give him what he never had. Right. So that's fun. 
Speaking of open wheel, before we go to break, I want I want to get both of y'all's thoughts because neither one of y'all were here last week yeah. on the uh, Roman Grosjean wreck from the F1 race of Bar- uh, Bahrain last Sunday. Um, looking at the crash and seeing how spectacular that was, and the fact that he was able to walk away from it. And you, Tom, your thoughts, and then Nick will get yours. Um, it's a miracle, thank God. Um, I mean, that was that was by the grace of God that he got up out of that car. Um, the you know we haven't got enough time for me to rant about um, the idea of any tracker series at this point in 2020 using Armco barriers, uh, you know, and they did put tires in front of that barrier for this, this last race, Um, you know, and it's a shame that it takes something like that to, to sort of, you know, uh, make the bell go off in somebody's head, but you know. luckily it was just tires that we had to replace. Thank God. And, and I, I, it's amazing his recovery, you know, the burns on his hands and whatever haven't stopped. He's back playing ping pong. He's, he was with the team trying to help Pietro for the Paldi Nick. I mean, Roman showed his character through this. Just an amazing story, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he is an incredible individual and I love how the community just rallied around yes. him after this. But yep. well, what one thing you said is you called it a miracle. And I've noticed a lot of people on social media Especially, there's some drivers who take offense to using that word for this situation because they think it takes away from all the safety advancements. And I just want to clear it up. It's not taking away from the safety advance as well. The fire suits, the crew on the site there, the halo, all absolutely saved his life. But the chances there that he did not get trapped in the arm cone when he got twisted up, that he didn't get knocked unconscious, that everything went right and worked perfectly. That is a miracle. I'll just say that right now. And he's lucky to be alive. And you can tell by his interviews, he knows it. I think drivers need to remember who the creator is. Yeah. Anyone who would say yeah. that forgets, you know, kind of how the, the the whole thing works. But he, they are right in a sense. <laughs> if it weren't for that that hoop, which we all call the flip flop, because it's kind of what it looks like, if it weren't for the hoop that, that they installed, this would have been a much worse outcome mm-hmm. that we yeah, we've seen this wreck right before now. without yes. the halo yeah yeah yep, for sure all right we're going to take a quick break we'll come back on the other side more nascar racing news when we come back the answer pass on wsac next And you're listening to the best guys on the radio, the Inside Pass. Welcome back to the Inside Pass here on WSIC. Randy Miller, Tom Baker back with us uh, from uh, Batesville, Mississippi. So uh, how was the uh, indoor go-kart? You had like 70,000 entries. Or something, right? <laughs> we, something like that? Not quite, oh, but okay. uh, it, it felt like it. Uh, 1504 was the official count. 1,504 mm. entries from across the country, uh, which was the largest event. The, the largest turnout that we've had since uh, the event was in Tunica, Mississippi, back in the earlier 2000s before it moved to Batesville. Um, and uh, even 10-time World of Outlaw champion Donnie Schatz got in on the act. His two nieces are now um, in our Junior 2 classes. They're, they're I think, 11 or 12. And um, Amelia and Layla Eisenshank are their names, and they both won, I think, multiple features over the weekend uh, they're really good. And Donnie uh, got himself a cart and, and ran, entered three classes. And 
actually qualified for one. And you say, well, you know, that that's not good. Well, you got to consider we had several classes with 50 plus entries um, and those were a lot of the ones he was in. uh, And we start 20. That's it. Um, 10 out of the first round, 10 out of the second round of group qualifying and that's it. And so he got to run one feature and, and, and I think that probably gave him a whole new perspective. So he'll be an even better crew chief for his two nieces now. Um, And uh, say, I was a, it was a great time. Uh, We, we loved being on, Pit Road TV and Speed Sport uh, TV, and we've got uh, the Mav TV show coming up early next year that uh, we're, we're putting together. So, um, had a great time. 30th annual O'Reilly Auto Parts National Indoor Kart Championship. Nice. And, yeah. and, and Nick, just so you know, we don't always just pick on you because during the break, we were picking on Ikea. And Ikea is our awesome producer sitting in the studio. She, she's drawing, and she's very, very, very good, much more so than me or Tom. Uh, could admit, but she's like, no, I'm I'm not drawing. It's just doodling. I'm like, that is not doodling. That yes. is a master. That's like <laughs> Da Vinci type of art over there. Yeah. And so I was like, that's like Nick saying, oh, I'm not an eye racer. I just dabble a little bit, even yeah. though you've clearly won yeah. several races in the championship. So, um, I just so just just so you know, it's like you know, he's like, I don't want to call that show. I, I get picked on all the time, but you're not the only one that gets picked on. Like he gets picked on too, but good to hear. Much, much better artwork than, than anything I could do. I couldn't yeah. even draw water out of a well, much exactly. less draw yeah. uh, anything either. on pen or paper. Um, so before we, before we do, I, I wanted to talk about this story that actually came from motorsport.com um, that uh, one of uh, Nick's uh, colleagues. Colleagues, yeah, that's what I was going to say. You start um, the sentence, I'll finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can't even get, see, look, I can't even get the bell to work. There we go. Um, but uh, it was William Byron talking about his desire to uh, be a consistent threat and a constant threat in 2021. Um, on a weekly basis, and, and basically just talked about how, in his early conversations with his new crew chief, Rudy Fugel, the conversations, Tom, are different now than they were six years ago, because six years ago, um, when he talked to Rudy, it was all about, well, this is what Kyle did, this is what, you know, so-and-so did, now it's like, this is what I did, or this is what we did last year, you know, whatever, and those conversations are a little bit more focused on what William Byron wants in the car, not what everybody else has for William to try in his car. Yeah, and it, well, and Rudy's at a level that that's a, a new height for him, right? Going from you know the uh, the 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 leader of the KBM truck team to um, a part of Hendrick Motorsports at the cup level. Um, Rudy is one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to race cars and uh, doing his job. And I am one hundred percent convinced that Rudy is exactly what William Byron needs. At a time when I think Hendrick Motorsports, Nick, is about to really up their game. You got Kyle Larson coming in. Um, of course, Alex Bowman now uh, job security with uh, the Ally sponsorship and the 48 number. Um, and uh, Chase Elliott uh, kind of won the championship. And, uh, um, you know, you're, you're adding road courses, which are basically Chase Elliott benefit races anymore. So there's six of those next year for him to go try to win. So I feel like this is the perfect uh, marriage at the perfect time for William Byron and also the perfect move for Rudy Fugelnick to be able to to get into this organization at a time when, as I say, I feel like they're ready to really uh, come out and play again in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I said this on the show before, actually, that Rudy Fugel is the perfect person to put a top the pit box for William Byron in 2021. He, not only has he worked with William Byron before and had great success, he's worked with a lot of young drivers, yeah. and he's had great success with almost all of them. So I think this was a great idea to bring him in and uh, 
pair him back with William Byron, who's now a lot more experienced than the last time they worked together. Like you yes. were saying, he has all of these races that he can pull from now. Be like, this is what I did here. This is what I did wrong. This is what I think I did right. This is what I think we could do next. And I, I believe that this pairing, and people are going to think it's a slight against Shaq and us. It's not. This pairing will do far better than the Byron Knauss pairing because I, I just never thought that that was a perfect fit. I think the role Shaq Knauss is in now is exactly where he needs to be to strengthen the entire organization. But I think as a crew chief and a driver, they just they didn't work as well as these two are going to work, and I think you're going to see that in a big way in 2021. Yeah, you know, the funny thing about Shaq Knauss is, you know, obviously him and Jimmy won seven championships together. And, and it's funny because, you know, sometimes they feel like, okay, well, we'll just put another driver with Chad and have the same success. But that just shows you how much deep, how deep a crew chief driver combination really can be. Um, because as smart as Chad Canales is, you know, him and him and William Byron never gelled. So they were never able, he did win a race this year at Talladega, I believe. But um, they just never were able to, you know, get everything back together the way that uh, that Chad and, and Jimmy did. I think did. Chad elevated Williams' oh, yeah, skill sure. set, for performance, sure. knowledge, all of that. I think Chad did what Chad needed to do. But ultimately, I think Chad was this. What Chad's going to do now, being, you know, a, a competition director, whatever they, they call supervisor. that. Supervisor. Supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's going to be able to, to, to now do what Chad does best, which is really micromanage all four of the teams and make sure that they're getting what they need, the cars and, and all of that, the resources. Um, I think Chad was closer to the end of his career than the beginning with, with, with William. And so there wasn't going to be the time for them to really gel. I don't think it's so much that they couldn't have Nick, but I think Rudy comes in as somebody who is a long-term solution for William who Williams worked with before and whose style he obviously was comfortable with. And Williams now more knowledgeable and Rudy's kind of the guy coming in and he's going to have Chad and all the other crew chiefs to lean on. Um, it's, it's scary. What could be ahead for Hendrick Motorsports in 21? Agreed. Uh, I think not only Byron will get stronger next year from this crew chief, but all four of those cars are going to get stronger because you're going to have Chad in the background, as you said, micromanaging everything. Yep, that is for sure. Nick, we, we always appreciate you being on. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that great stuff, and I'm sure we will talk to you many, many more times in 2021. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Enjoy the holidays. Same to you, you as well. Uh, guys, we will have uh, Matt Tift on next week to talk about live motorsports, and uh, we will be back uh, Thursday with Motorsports Madness. For Tom Baker, I'm Randy Miller. Have a great week. See you next week on our season finale of 2020. Have a great week, everyone.